0: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in
1: crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Neil? It's a, it's a great Saturday. Got some severe weather rolling in here. It looks like. Which reminds me, I left the car door open or the car window open, but that's fine. We're gonna we're gonna power through this.
0: You guys got a heat wave, right?
1: You guys got a well, heat wave. We, yeah, right? we did, yeah, we did. We did. It, it was uh, for us. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't climb over 100 all that often, but it gets into the mid to high 90s um, a time or two. In the last week or so, it was pretty hot. It's uh, It's been really dry. It hasn't rained at all. So <laughs> I, flash flood written all over this. The grounds too dry to take it all in at once. And, uh, I'm not laughing at you, Neil. I'm laughing at Steeler Freak,
0: who is a true yinzer. He comes on with a nice... Sense of humor, which is absolutely mm. funny. Um, uh, mm. uh, but yeah, as always, mm. listeners, we're bringing, mm. <laughs> as always, what? listeners, uh, we're bringing you another episode of the new standard on this Saturday morning. As always, if you want to participate in the program, go to YouTube, do a search for the new standard, and Neil Kulong. Want to thank Neil and Doug last week for an outstanding show on how lists are constructed. Thought you guys did a good job. Also, if you want to get the podcast and listen to it in your car and go to your podcast feed or do a search for Steelers in the new standard and always remember to like and subscribe and we're going to jump into some true or false for training camp 2022 as training camp approaches quickly starts next week so we're going to jump into and dive into that and we're just going to dive into some general topics as well but The first thing I wanted to jump into, and me and Neil talked about a little bit before we started, was uh, Ben Roethlisberger's comments about um, him thinking he could play again next year, that he was healthy enough that he could play, and the report allegedly that Colbert didn't want him back last year, Tomlin sort of didn't want him back, but was fine with it, and he came back largely due to the owner saying... Um, you know, we want Ben back. Um, such, it, it, such a Ben comment. You know exactly, <laughs> and, and 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 that and that's what I want to say. I don't think the comment is any big deal. It's so Ben, but more than the comment is the timing of the comment, and it's just hilarious. And I don't really necessarily blame Ben, and by no means am I calling a grown man a child, uh, but. The, the, the timing is, is just, I'll just say it like this. When you're used to uh, getting attention, um, sometimes you do stuff to get attention. And I don't necessarily blame him. It's just he's been the center of the Steeler universe for the last 18 years. And I, I'm sure it feels pretty weird for him as camp starts that he's not going to be the center of that universe and not going to camp and so on and so forth. So, you know, I think this is just been getting it out of his system. And, um, you know, we probably won't hear too much from Ben, uh, you know, moving forward this season. Uh, but, but yeah, it was appropriate. I thought Ben was going to make a comment, and I'm not surprised that he did make a comment. And I mean, we've grown up with this guy. So, you know, it's Ben. It's Ben being Ben. And, uh, you know, why not? You know, we got camp coming. He's not on the field. He might as well make a comment. What a way to start the season.
1: I think overall, considering training camp is just about to start, uh, considering the author of it was the guy that had. Um, it was Cook, right? Cook. Yeah, Ron Cook. It's been dialed into Ben for a while. There are a lot of stories as to why that is. Most of it is connected to Cook being. Uh, all, not only a columnist with the Post-Gazette, but a radio personality on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Uh, he was the one who did Ben's radio show with him for at least a time. And usually there is compensation that goes into uh, somebody like Ben Roethlisberger on a radio show. Now, we might remember there are all kinds of things that came out of Ben's radio show. Ben loved speaking on the show. Far more than he did to reporters, he would speak to the reporters. He wouldn't. He, he legit gave different answers sometimes to, to the same questions. Um, ben knew how to monetize his word, and I'm pretty sure that this was kind of agreed in advance. They were going to do this uh, big pre uh, pre training camp. You know, let's talk about Ben today. Let's talk about Ben from the historical perspective, and let's get him to talk a little bit about you know how things really were now that uh, now that he's not there. Uh, my take on it, legitimately, I don't think Ben said anything that we haven't said. I don't think Ben said anything that hasn't been discussed to a large degree. There was nothing particularly revealing about it. That said, when when you know, the big time quarterback says it, it it's a story. It's a talking point. Um, I don't have a specific problem with what he said. I think from his perspective, I could certainly see why he might have gotten the impression <clears throat> that his general manager and maybe a little bit his coach wanted to move on. I don't think it's as simple as wanting that, them wanting to move on. I think it was they see the the decline in play, the decline in physical ability, Damn. and how much harder that makes uh, it, How much harder it makes everything within your offense to generate points. And Ben, the, the unique position that Ben was in. And I understand that Art Rooney wants to drive all of this, but Kevin Colbert's not a stupid man. They did not have a good option with or without Ben. Neither of those options were going to be good. I feel, and I I have said this on this segment, I have written this many times before, they made the best decision they could have made. Everybody. Ben taking less money to play one more year, to kind of have a farewell year. Uh, The team... Knocking his cap number down to the point where they could field a decent enough roster and set themselves up for 2022. Lance, you remember the phrase, say it for me. Sexy tanking. That's really tanking, what that maybe. was about. That was the whole point. Drive the cap number down so they could go off and sign a bunch of guys, which is exactly what they did this off season. Ben was not particularly good last year. He wasn't bad. He wasn't good. And no, Corey Mason was not an option and we saw that (laughs) against detroit okay i'll get into that in a bit we have some planned talking points about mason rudolph ben was the best quarterback on that roster without question ben was the best quarterback that they could sign if they had to spend more money on it because if ben went away he was worth twice as much against the cap than if they kept him so really it it doesn't make much of a, a, a difference overall they had to make an internal decision it was mason starting for 17 games let that sink in mason rudolph for 17 games with ben counting 24 million against the cap or ben starting counting 14 million against the cap which one of those would you rather have simple so ben getting the sense that they wanted to move on i think is is sort of intellectually dishonest It, it wasn't as simple as that um they didn't have much of a choice were they happy about that? I think that's what Ben is speaking to. Were they thrilled about being in the position? Probably not, but they knew there was nothing they could do. It wasn't even like a long debate. I mean, they, they wrapped that up fairly quickly into the offseason. So um, it, 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 let's get in, Lance, though, to, to the, the comments about the younger players, the last Super Bowl they went to and how everything changed. That connects a lot of what was said in, in tidbits over the years, in particular, Comments made by Troy Polamalu around the time of his retirement. Um, Similar comments, similar sentiments were made about a a Steelers team that consistently went to Super Bowls for a stretch and how that went away when the the quote-unquote younger players come in. Because on one hand, younger players are the bane of the older players' existence in every way, and it's been that way since the dawn of time, as far as we can tell. Older people don't like younger people. That's just sort of the way it is. I like um, younger and, people. Well, you get my point here. Uh, Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, and Emmanuel Sanders come in. They give themselves a nickname, and it really kind of seems like nobody likes them. <laughs> they keep one of the three, let the other two walk. They, The team also didn't succeed in the same way. Um, there were a lot of players that came in. There were problems that came up. And things didn't look like they did in 2008. I'd also argue that the game changed dramatically in that time as well. Uh, the proliferation of the the deep passing game, the the high, high tempo passing offense, um, the explosion of statistical achievement among wide receivers, the game changed. It really became a me game. If it wasn't already at that point, you know, because the previous generation would say the same thing about Ben and Troy. Whether they did it or not, the Steelers though had the Steelers had a team mentality. They really did, and they won. They were successful. Lots of good players. I don't think it, they were more talented than what we've seen overall the last couple of years of the Steelers for sure. But they played with a sense of um, honor is the right word. But they put the work in. They improved themselves as players. They there weren't there were zero. Zero problems outside of Ben by 2010. Ironically, Ben's the one saying that. Ben was the one who caused the most problems on the team from 2004 to 2010. So I, I I thought his comments were interesting in that. I think it's a bit of, you know, get off my lawn more than anything. But I'm curious, what what are your thoughts on that? Well,
0: I, I, I want to pivot a little bit because – he's no longer on the squad it's been being been we we, we kind of know yes it has been definitely being get off my lawn absolutely i mean he's an old guy now for sure um and you know he's just not playing football anymore i mean i think he i think this is just a part of it getting out of his system uh completely but the one thing i do want to talk about before we talk about training camp was the whole Acreshore naming thing. And I love what you guys talked about uh, last week. It's just about money. Here's my perspective. And let me just say it this way before we pivot into camp. If you guys gave me $1,500 to put your name on my house and you gave me $1,500 every month, you could i'm not going to be more upset than the Rooneys. it's just a money grab i mean that's it i mean that's all it is i mean it's just a money grab i mean it's fine i mean it's just a bad
1: name that's all yeah the (laughs) name is bad
0: you know the name is bad and because it's still going to be the heinz red zone eh, no one's going to care now i mean which was
1: something that was suggested on the show i said at the very least could you just sponsor the red zone? I would have liked yes. to have seen the ketchup bottles, but I totally yes. get why Aquasure wouldn't want that. You, you, Heinz can still be a part of it, and that that's great. At the same time, though, let's keep in mind the only reason the Steelers are doing that is because it makes them more money. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, let's if anybody on this show, other than that. come on.
0: So, if anybody on this show wants to give me fifteen bucks to fifteen hundred bucks a month to put your name on my front door. Just hit me up in the private chat, and we can arrange that. It could be the Corey Hatcher Cave, the the C H C, the Corey Hatcher Cave. You can put it on my garage, and I'll give you a sponsor every month for fifteen hundred. It, it's just money.
1: Can I put and something I, other than my name on your door? Yes, you can. Give me some time; I'll come up with something creative. Yes. I might give you ten bucks a month for it, but. I don't yes. think it's worth much more than
0: that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it'll be I good mean, though. Hey, it, 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 you know, it is what it is, man. If you want to give me 50 bucks, maybe I'll up it. Maybe I'll give you a discount. I'll sell the top <laughs> corner of my garage. <laughs> Somebody can have the, the middle of, uh, of my garage. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So look, I mean, it, if anything, maybe they'll discount the tickets. Because well they're not going to do that ever, but you know they it's it's free money why not so I can't I I can't feel I can't I, I can't be more upset about it at all if the owners aren't upset I mean hey it, I, so that that's that with that but let, let's jump into training camp overall from a from a sixty from a sixty thousand foot perspective answer these two questions what's the overall purpose of camp. And what happens at camp in regards to offense, defense, installations, so on and so forth? So let's just break it down from a very basic high standpoint um, in terms of
1: what happens at camp. Training camp essentially is um, it, it's a three-week-long gathering of everybody to, one, install the offenses and the defenses that the coaches have drawn up over the course of the offseason. To familiarize every player that's there with what they're going to do. To rep those out. To study them on film. And use all of that for part two, which is player evaluation. Figuring out who you want. Figuring out who can do what. And then kind of adding to your plan based on what you have from the guys in camp. Based on whatever philosophy you wanted to sit down. Uh, Three, determine generally on your team where your strengths and weaknesses are. As far as pursuing perhaps other players. And um, getting an opportunity to see players up close and decide what you want to do with them in in the future. It might be Deontay Johnson, you show up in shape, you show up on time, you show up, you look like you, you want to be a leader on this team. We'll give you an extension when you get here, but get into camp and put the work in first. Those types of things can happen in camp as well. Um, And then to prepare for what it's going to be like on this team uh, before during and after games, you got three preseason games, which don't mean necessarily a whole lot, certainly not to, to most of the players on, on the roster, but uh, to prepare for the game, to travel the night before the game, pregame, all that stuff is a, a very intensely stricted scheduled uh, affair. So there are a lot of things the younger players need to know as far as what they do, how they do it uh, in order to get ready for the game. So a lot of it is just season simulation. And putting the work in uh, to, to learn fully what they're going to do because you don't have a whole lot of time during the season to change things. We've talked about this a bunch, Lance. You know, um, as far as uh, adjustments during a game, you really don't have time for that. And that's because you've practiced all week on what you're going to do. You can't just go off and do a bunch of stuff you haven't practiced. That comes from. Um, what you've built upon up to that point. And all of that starts in training camp. You have a sense of what you want to do and you're going to stick to these things. You need to have these plays scripted. So 11 guys on the field and maybe call it 14 for you know backups or whatnot. You have to be able to, to run those things as if you were asleep at that point, at, at that level of muscle memory. That takes a long time. Also, you have restrictions within camp as far as how long you can practice, how many days in a row you can practice. And that is literally like two thirds of what it used to be like 15 years ago. So the coaches don't have a whole lot of time to really drill on all these things. They have to get guys in that can do it and they have to make sure that they have every opportunity to be able to do it. Um, So 10,000 foot level, there's observation, there's evaluation and there's there's instruction. That's really the only time that they're able to to go over things at a real in-depth level. They're not teaching them how to tackle. They might spend 10 minutes on that in camp, but that's a lesson they expect everybody to learn. At the pro level, you need to know how to do that. Uh, The younger players, it's their opportunity to show that they can contribute to the team in some way, shape, or form. Keep in mind, too, that the guys who were drafted in the fourth and fifth round, these are probably high-level players on their college teams and have been for a couple of years. They have to learn how to play special teams and probably never have. Special teams is far more complicated than people think that it is. There's a lot of strategy that goes into that. So uh, they don't have much time to learn with that. So they have to work with position coaches. They have to work with coordinators. They have to work with um, down to the the special teams assistants who generally are telling people what lanes to go in and why, and then work on their technique overall, which is not something you tend to do during practice. You have to to put all the time into uh, the reps knowing where to be, what you're reading, and why, and learning how to communicate, learning who's saying what and when. It's a lot to go over, and training camp is the only dedicated time that they really have to do all that at a fundamental level.
0: <clears throat> it's, it's very interesting that you say that, because I've been told by a uh, couple former Steelers that literally every single play on offense is run at least once during training camp now it may not be twice it may not be three or four times yeah exactly but but every single play is run at least once in training camp and also i was told that over the course of training camp that there are that the offense and defense per se is still morphing and changing mm-hmm. um you know you're you're taking stuff out you know we don't run this well um you know you're you're adjusting some stuff So, uh, all all that preparation and all that stuff is happening. And and I'm glad you said about the logistical aspect of it because you're talking about when you're traveling to a game, you're talking like close to 75 people. You're talking 75 people. You're talking equipment. It's way more than that. Yeah, exactly. So, you're talking (sighs) equipment. You're talking uh, equipment. it's a, it's an endeavor. You're almost moving a city. You're yep. almost moving a neighborhood every single week. And as much as you do it,
1: you still have to do it again to get used to doing it again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 I, like I've worked directly out- with that process. It it the way you just said it. It's moving a small town. Yeah, you have semi trucks that that travel well ahead of the game. You have separate planes. that are bringing in a bunch of equipment, personnel, staffing. Um, they move like you know, a N- Napoleonic army from one area to another. There, there are all kinds of things. My job was to, to – uh, I unloaded the trailers that came in. All the visiting team's equipment we had to bring in. I've helped move MRI machines. I've helped move um, housing stuff that the players and coaches me, Let me needed. pause you,
0: Neil. Let me pause you, Neil.
1: We're
0: going to go real
1: Watergate
0: with it. Did you plant <laughs> microphones? Did you plant <clears throat> microphones like the Patriots do, allegedly? Did you put listening devices in, in, in the pants or the socks of the quarterback
1: so you could hear their calls and checks? Let's say there were some teams that welcomed. Okay, it, it was the visiting locker room. Attendance, not attended, but the the, the logistical crew, the equipment managers of the home team. There's a visiting team. The, The home franchise has a team that's assigned to help the visiting team move in. Think of it like that. Some visiting teams were much more appreciative than others about you moving their stuff. All of them couldn't trust you any further than they could throw you. And there was, (laughs) like I said, there was a lot of stuff and you weren't, don't ask questions, just move. It's really, you know, it's understandable why they do that. I'm not trying to make it sound all nefarious, but I'll just say that I would never have known if I was moving in an atomic bomb, they, they, Case things up. They don't market. There's only like two people that know what any of them actually are. They just tell you, (laughs) move this here, move that there. They keep a very, very tight lid on their stuff. And a couple, I never had a negative experience. You'd hear uh, stories about other ones. I had some really great uh, head coaches, like Mike Malarkey with the Jaguars for one. Um, He he was all but helping us at at one point. Um, Lots of them. Were I don't want to say open, but it it wasn't as big a deal. Some of them, though, and I'm not going to name names. Some of them, it it was. Now it it almost feels like nowadays they'd make you sign an NDA to do it because they were all over you, (laughs) everything you were doing. It was it's stressful, and their equipment managers. You think of like high end alpha carnies, their lifer equipment. They're like roadies at concerts. But they're on steroids. They're usually ex uh, uh, like they're players that at some point got hooked into a team. Maybe they wanted to get into coaching, but they're extremely aggressive and they're extremely like road savvy. So they're used to moving things in and out all the time. It, it's a massive process. It, 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 you you're more familiar with some teams than others, but other teams do it in a very secretive way. In so. I guess, to, so, so to... I guess
0: we'll say these guys aren't the guy you call for pizza and beer to move your no. uh, refrigerator no. to your house. <laughs> no. So, so, no. so what Neil is saying is he was planting bugs, <laughs> but he was not
1: planting bugs. I, I can say this. If, if the people I work with would absolutely not have been in a position to know if they were or not, <laughs> just take that to me what you think it means. It, it would not, in my opinion would not have been very hard for them to do that uh, either team to be honest. I, do you remember, what, a couple of years ago, it was a, a Chiefs-Patriots game where the Chiefs' equipment didn't show up to the stadium or something yes. like that? Do you remember? Yes. Was it the Chiefs? Yes. I think it was the Chiefs.
0: Yes, um, it was I'll, a game I'll that recently was shown. It was, was showed, at Gillette.
1: Yeah. I know it was at Gillette.
0: Yeah, it was because they just showed the game on the NFL Network, and they were literally bringing the equipment the same game, the day
1: of the game they were wheeling in the equipment. I I will say this. Something unusual happened. Because that, you file that under you have one job for the trucks to show up at the wrong place or not on time or what? Hey, the Patriots
0: altered the GPS. <laughs> the <laughs> Patriots altered the GPS. I'm telling you, they they have it their way. Would ways. not surprise me. That's all I'm saying. It would not <laughs> surprise from ways. what
1: I know. It would not surprise me. It, it, they would be in a position to be able to do something like that, and it really seems like, just from what I know of it, that would. Easily be the the I was a grunt, keep that in mind. I worked on the sidelines and then I did equipment stuff for a little bit and it was more as needed. It wasn't like a full-time job or anything. Of the games that I did, that stuff came well in advance. For it to be late just doesn't make sense. They pay a lot of money to private contractors to ship that stuff, and they they usually would drive it for that reason. They don't want to put it all on one plane. They'll drive it uh because of the the mass quantity of it it's cheaper. But to do that, if if they have if Kansas City is playing at Foxborough on Sunday, they'll hit the road on on the Monday of, of the game week just to make sure that it's there and the stadium's open. So usually I would show up on like Thursday was when the first heavy stuff would come in and all the uniforms are already in the lockers. They already set all that up because the stuff comes early. That's You know, it's kind of one of the main things that you would want to get there. Plus, they want to ship it via truck as opposed to plane just because of the cost. There are some instances in which I believe Kansas City took a plane. And this was the thing it didn't. The issue was not uh, their equipment flying in Kansas City to Foxborough, Massachusetts. Their issue wasn't from the the airport at Foxborough or airport at Boston to Foxborough. So Mm -hmm. you tell me I, you know, it, well, let's, it, let's it, just it say It would this. not be hard for somebody to figure out what it was in that truck, and the fact that it just mistakenly didn't get to, to uh, Gillette Stadium. Let's just I, I say never this. saw that. <laughs> I think we lost Ali as we uh, have
0: uh, triangulated the signal and went on a wild goose chase talking about equipment. But that is the beauty <laughs> of this show, is that sometimes... We can go on tangents, and you have to love it. But let's jump into the true or falses when it comes to training camp, and I love to break down overall 64,000-foot perspective of training camp that you gave. And, and you mentioned Mason Rudolph, but, but let's start with the quarterbacks, and, and we're going to jump into the Mason Rudolph question or, or, or statement. True or false, Kenny Pickett will be quarterback
1: two by the end of training camp this is such a a difficult thing to project where we sit right now i legitimately see both sides of this i don't think it makes any sense to keep rudolph at his salary three million dollars for a backup quarterback who obviously didn't perform well enough to be the starter this year three million dollars for that And that also pushes the guy you took at 20 overall to a third string player. He's not even going to dress on game days. Is that the best thing to do for your team immediately? As in, if Mitch Trubisky gets hurt, Rudolph, theoretically, just due to experience, might be the better option. And that's just to get the team out of the stadium that week. Maybe you figure out who's the starter during practice the next week. I think there is validation. Uh, in, in that mentality, Rudolph is the experienced one. Make him the backup because of in game situations. Long term, if this guy, let's say Trubisky, gets hurt in the second quarter of a game, I could see Rudolph being the better option to come in at that point and finish the game, get out of the stadium, hopefully with a win. He's been there, he understands it. Do you want Pickett in that type of a situation? I could see them not wanting to do that. Over the next four weeks, so Trubisky's out for four weeks. You want to set a starter for four weeks. You don't want to trade off week in and week out. At that point, is Rudolph better than Pickett over four weeks? I don't know. I could see that being different, and that that makes it a different question. So I, I would say <clears throat> more likely than not, I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to get anything as far as a trade market goes. I think his contract is too high for a backup quarterback. I don't know injuries right now. Somebody would have to get hurt for anybody else to be interested in acquiring Mason Rudolph for $3 million this year. I don't think a team would want to do that. I think Mason Rudolph will get signed fairly quickly. If he was released, nobody wants to pay him $3 million. You have to acquire the contract in a trade. So I think it's more likely than not. Rudolph is on the team. That said I would not be at all surprised if Pickett ends up the starter in the the situation that Trubisky is injured. I think they're going to go with Trubisky. I'm not happy about that. I think they're going to go with Trubisky. If he gets hurt, I think it's Rudolph's job right away, but I don't think they're set on that. I think they would prefer to put Pickett in that spot when he is ready, and I think that could be a week worth of prep. He's an older player. He's been around a lot. So uh, true, false, I would – I'd lean more toward true, but there are circumstances. um, Circumstantial issues are the reason Rudolph will be even on the team. It's there needs to be an injury somewhere else for them to trade him. That may or may not happen. But if Trubisky gets hurt, Rudolph will have the job in game, maybe the next week. But I think they're going to put Pickett in sooner rather than later. So I I would not be surprised if Pickett is their guy um, the last third or the last quarter of the season. I'm going to say false.
0: And the only reason why I'm going to say false is because of the time frame that you that is associated with the true or false statement is at the end of camp. I think he will be quarterback two at some point in the season, but I don't think he'll be QB two by the end of camp. And because of the $3 million associated with Mason Rudolph, You're not going to, you can't trade Mason Rudolph. No one wants Mason Rudolph at $3 million because he can't play. I mean, he's an average guy, and that $3 million is too expensive for a guy that's a bad backup or an average backup. So I'm going to say false. Early in at the end of camp, and you made a great point just to get out of a game, you're going to put in Mason Rudolph if Trubisky has an injury. Uh, You're going to put in Mason Rudolph, and you're going to be patient with Pickett. But over the long term, it'll be Pickett as the QB2 later in the season. So by at the end of camp, no, I don't think Pickett will be QB2. I think he'll be QB3. But I think at some point in time during the course of the year, he will be QB2, and if Trubisky gets hurt, the Steelers are just going to get along with the business and go ahead and start the Kenny Pickett era. Let me jump we, into – Can
1: we call that, though, like a shadow QB2? I mean, it's really more like in-game, the backup quarterback is there for something in-game. Over a long term, I don't know if they would choose Rudolph simply because of that. That's really what I'm saying. It, it, Rudolph will dress, Pickett will not. That's because if if Trubisky yes. gets hurt during the game – Rudolph would be the one that they would rather have go in there.
0: Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree there. So that also kind of bled into another true or false statement that we had in terms of the quarterbacks is Mason Rudolph is not on the roster by the end of training camp. But I think we're both saying false. I think we're both saying that Mason Rudolph will be on the roster. He won't get waived because they're always going to, they typically always carry three QBs and The only way he won't be on the roster if there's a trade and we don't think there's a trade market for Mason Rudolph at this point. Let me jump into the next true or false. Pickens will start over Claypool. True or false?
1: I don't know what what starting really means in the NFL. It's starting is going to with three receivers. It's going to depend on what package they want to start the game with. That would technically be a start. Um, who's gonna play more, I think is really the question. I honestly I let's see what Pickens can do. Um, we saw some great things in a couple plays in college. He didn't play all that much, you know. There's there's still some things I think he's gonna have to learn and work out. Um, if he's good though, I think that moves Claypool inside. I I think that's probably the biggest thing I want to watch in camp is where the Steelers play Chase Claypool. Um if you were to compare George Pickens in college to chase Claypool in college, there's absolutely no argument that, that, uh, George Pickens is the better of the two. Absolutely. No argument. Pickens is, was a really good college receiver. Yeah. He's a, he's a first I didn't rounder think Claypool barring in that great. injury. Yeah. He's a first rounder barring, right. right. Easily, easily. <laughs> it, frankly, if he didn't get in a fight during the game, he was probably a first rounder. It, the Steelers got max value on that guy. Um, Claypool was probably more a legit second round, maybe even third round prospect. Pickens has far more upside, in my opinion. He is a far better receiver at his age than Claypool was. I would prefer, if things work out, let's put it this way, if things work out the way that I see them, Pickens will definitely be the guy on the outside. I think they're going to try Claypool inside. I think they're going to move him to to something similar uh, to what they did with Juju, but... Having a lot of talent is a great problem to have. You can move them in and out. I, I, I'm not sure it matters who starts, but Tomlin will not put the rookie out there unless there's a compelling reason to do that um, among receivers. I think Pickens uh, will come on much like Chase did when he was a rookie, not necessarily the guy right away. Give him a couple weeks to kind of adjust and, and figure things out. Maybe he gets the ball a little bit more as the season goes on. Claypool, has a role I think Claypool um he, he has a lot to prove this year for sure they're going to give him the opportunity to do that so for me overall I, I think Claypool will start more than Pickens will I'm just not sure that we're going to see an eight to one disparity in snaps you know Pickens is going to get on the field pretty often Claypool will probably have more by the end but they're they're going to be fairly close
0: yeah I agree and, and I wanted to say start just to have a discussion about it, but I think you're right. I mean, the current NFL, you're going to play three wide receivers a ton. Uh, I I think Pickens will definitely be one of the three. Uh, Where he's aligned, I'm not sure. Um, I could see them using him very much in a similar way to Martavis Bryant. Um, I, I think you could simplify the game for Pickens and take advantage of his athletic ability. Uh, in, in simplified, give him a, a simple amount, uh, a small menu, so to say, so to speak, an appetizer menu of things to do to maximize his physical uh, athleticism and ability to get the maximum out of him. So I, I would agree. I would say false in terms of that question. But that leads into another question that you asked or or a statement that you suggested we run into or we, we, we talk about Uh, was true or false, Claypool has over 1,100 yards receiving in the 2022 season. I'm going to say true. I'm going to say true. And if if Mitch Trubisky stays healthy, I'm going to say that he has over 1,100 yards. And and if he stays healthy, because 17 games, 1,100 yards, don't get my math bad. That's what, about 75 yards a game, 64.7. 64.7, yes. I I think – and I'm impressed with you running that out at, let's just say, 65. I'm impressed. That's great math, Neil. Uh, 65 yards a game receiving, that's probably four
1: catches. Call it five and 13 a catch, which I think is kind of realistic. So, yes. Probably on the higher end. I, I would say true.
0: I, I think if he has only eleven hundred yards, I would say that the season is a little disappointing. Given seventeen games, sixty-five yards a game receiving, in my opinion, is pedestrian. It's more tight end like uh, to me in terms of his ability to be a to stretch the field his run after the catch ability, his physical nature as a player, I would be disappointed in 1,100 yards for the season. So I'm going to say true. He has over 1,100 yards for the season.
1: The funny thing is, is take a guess how many yards Deontay Johnson had last year.
0: I'm going to say Deontay Johnson had because the air yards – that the you know the ball was probably only in the air for three yards for almost all of Maybe. his catches. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Deontay Johnson had close to uh, 110 catches, and he probably averaged about nine and a half yards per reception, <laughs> and he had so about 1200 <laughs> yards, about 1250, 1275
1: around 107 for 1161 10.9 a catch i was close on 169 targets that is just incredibly inefficient and i'm not sure if that's going to be different and let me tell you why claypool if if you want to rack up more than 1100 yards on that many targets you just need to catch the ball I mean, that that's really, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect Deontay Johnson. I'm, I'm slamming the Steelers offense more than anything. They didn't run far down the field to, to catch the ball. Claypool, <laughs> you would hope, is more of a big time playmaker type of guy. Perhaps that's why he had 860 yards on 105 targets, which conversely is pretty efficient. He's catching 14.6 Down the field. Um, You like that. 860 yards with Claypool might suggest maybe he didn't catch enough. 59 catches, two touchdowns, not great. To me, I guess what I'm really saying is I'm not sure how close we are to Deontay Johnson's ceiling. I think with Claypool, you should have some room with a quarterback who can throw the ball down the field. Do the Steelers have that? That's my question. Because you know what I see, honestly, Lance? I don't necessarily I, – I think Claypool can get to 1,100 yards if he gets the ball a little bit more. <clears throat> I wonder if it's really not more about farmouth than anything else. I'm going to talk about a guy that didn't move to get the ball. 8.3 yards a catch. <laughs> 60 grabs at 497 yards. I mean, that that's – wow, that's bad. Najee Harris had more catches and few, fewer yards. And Najee Harris – really did not do much in the passing game. Some, but not really a whole lot. Got targeted 94 times for 467 yards. Horrendously wow. inefficient. <laughs> I also see the Steelers, If and I'm, I'm not taking any shots at Mitch Trubisky right now. The Steelers signed Trubisky, in my opinion, uh, because he showed some level of proficiency with a run-pass option, an RPO type of scheme. RPO does not mean the triple option, okay? It's not the quarterback running the ball. An RPO is literally you go to the line of scrimmage, you read what the defense has, and you either throw the ball or or you hand it off. You make the call at the line. There is an art to that. There's a skill to that. Some quarterbacks have shown to be really good at it, even if they're bad at everything else. Trubisky is kind of like that because you want to know who the best, one of the best RPO quarterbacks that we've seen over the last 10 years is Lance, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, not coincidentally is tied with Mitch Trubisky for the most touchdown passes ever thrown in a game with seven, because the RPO is something that when a defense just can't get on the same page, they can get torn up with this simply by the quarterback putting the ball where it needs to go. On the other hand, when they do or you don't make good decisions, Ben Roethlisberger was a terrible RPO quarterback, couldn't read it, couldn't figure it out as well as you think he would want to. He was just never comfortable. You could tell when they were doing it because Ben looked really nervous, <clears throat> not good at that, but they, the Steelers called it more than anybody else in the game. I think Trubisky can do that. Um, you just don't tend to throw the ball deep with that. So to me, moving Claypool inside – Helps with that. But more than anybody, I think it helps Friermuth. I think they have the ability to curl him on, on flood. So in other words, it, depending on where probably the, the Mike linebacker is, where the safety is, that's going to be the key to read um, whether or not he wants to hand it off to Harris, which he's going to do plenty. But if he doesn't, he has the ability to, to, to go play action, bootleg, and hit guys dragging across the field. It's called a flood. When you're facing a zone defense, you put two, three guys – into an area which there are only two zone defenders you read it then high to low which is to say the deepest guy first middle guy second short guy third whichever one is most open in that priority you get the ball to Trubisky can play in that and that's really what Matt Nagy did with him when he was successful it doesn't always work it's not easy to do all the time but when it works you're going to be pretty efficient with it Trubisky isn't overly skilled at simply dropping back and reading the whole field but if you cut the field in half for him let him use his athleticism on the outside and hit a, a, a moving open receiver flooding one way of the field he can do that I think that helps Friarmouth because he's going to be probably the middle to short guy more often Claypool if he's inside which I think you're going to see him play inside a bit he's going to go a bit deeper I don't think Trubisky throws well deep he really he's not very accurate. He's going to take the shorter stuff, move the chains, don't turn the ball over, play the game on defense, Mike Tomlin's staple. So I think Friar is the guy we should be looking at as far as 1,100 yards. But Claypool can definitely do that um, if he can break some stuff. I just I don't see him not doing it. I'll just say that. I, I would say Most. more than anything, a, 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 a true. I think he'll be around that level. He's going to compete okay. at that level. It's a contract year. He's big, he's able to get open in short spaces, and they're going to play him to that. So, I will say true, but Fryermuth is the guy that really is going to make the offense work. The okay, that's interesting.
0: That's interesting. You say that Fryermuth is going to be the guy that most benefits from uh Trubisky being uh the quarterback. Let's go to another true or false. So, we're both true on that one that Claypool does have over 1100, he'll finish with a 1101, and we'll, and we'll both be correct. <laughs> uh, so true or false. And we're going to jump back to the quarterbacks. And I should have asked this question when we were talking about the quarterbacks. Um, Kenny Pickett is the Week 10 starter,
1: true or false? I feel – I can't get scientific with this. I just call it a hunch. I just – I feel Trubisky, while I'm aware that he went to a Pro Bowl – And he went to a Pro Bowl with what looks like pretty decent quarterback stats and a lot of NFC quarterbacks that didn't want to go to the Pro Bowl. (laughs) He made some things happen within an RPO structure. And he wasn't bad. He got, he did nothing in the playoffs. Many games, he wasn't particularly effective because he's a scheme guy. Part of that scheme is his mobility, him moving. If you're gonna do that, you gotta be Lamar to, to really make hay with with running the ball. You gotta be 2015 Cam. Trubisky is not 2015 Cam. All right. He's a Baker Mayfield as far as as his mobility goes. It's kind of there, but not really. You know, he's nimble enough in and around the pocket. I feel like he's going to roll out. He's going to get tattooed at some point because he doesn't know where to go with the ball. And he's going to rely on, on his running ability, which we haven't seen in two years. Okay. He's aging. Plus he's a muscle bound guy. Those guys don't tend to be all that flexible. You run like that. You might not be as agile as you think you are. And you might get leveled by an NFL safety. Who's been waiting all week for you to escape, contain and get into his crosshairs. One hit. One hit is really all that takes. So I I feel like by week ten, I think I, I just feel like something will have happened. And I, I will say true. The specifics of it are are n- they need explanation. But it, let me add this caveat. It's also true, Kenny Pickett's gonna start one or two games or more this season. I I don't think he's not going to play at all this season. And I think it's probably gonna be due to injury on, on Mitch Trubisky.
0: It's interesting that you say injury. I, I think it's going to be determined on win-loss record by the time we get to week 10. I mean, everybody knows when you mm-hmm. draft, you know, when you draft the quarterback first round, it's not, it's when it's not, if it's when it, it, it's, it's when he becomes the starter and, and big up to Richard And I love to triangulate the signal when we were talking about the Patriots, that was hilarious. I think it's a it's a question of they when do that stuff. and uh oh my goodness dude. <laughs> that's so 80s triangulate the signal. Um <laughs> so it's if the Steelers are at a point in the year where it does not look like they can win the division, they're a treading team, right? you know, the Steelers are always going to be a treading team, meaning they're always going to compete and let it do what it do. If it means we go to the playoffs, we go to the playoffs, whatever. They're always going to let it do what it do. They're never going to tank. They're always going to tread or sexy tank. And so with that being said, if they find themselves in a position in the first year of Acroshore Stadium, oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Uh, that they're out of the playoffs oh, by God. week 10, and they won't be mathematically because you'll have seven more games. They, they will give Pickett a try. There's no real financial obligation tremendously that they're trying to protect to Trubisky. We all know Mason Rudolph is Mason Rudolph. So depending on where they are week 10, if they're like three and seven, they're going to go with Pickett, and they're going to go ahead and, and start uh the whole picket era so i can't remember what i picked them to be in our prediction show because i think i started them as uh uh four and oh but l- let's just say <laughs> yeah uh, I, think I, start, I think i started them at four and oh so i'm gonna say i'm gonna say false because given my predictions <coughs> they they start at four and oh so they'll still be in the race so i'm gonna say false but I think Kenny Pickett will start late in the year, sort of like Kansas City did with uh, Patrick Mahomes when he started very late in his rookie season. I think he started he just, week. They, that was a
1: throwaway game. They just gave him yeah. a
0: spot start. So I think. So I think. I think the Steelers will not be in the playoff race late. And I think if they're not in the playoff race late, it makes it doesn't make any sense. So to may, play maybe Trubisky. maybe we
1: bump that back to like week. 15 then yeah four games left in the season
0: yeah if it's if it's let's say yeah week 14 week 13 yes i would say absolutely true if i bumped it back three weeks um i i I would say true he's the starter by uh week 13 he's absolutely the starter the picket era starts unless he's absolutely terrible uh, um in practice and is not showing much let's jump to one of the camp battles one of the perceived camp battles, uh, one of the few, and true or false, Kevin Dotson wins
1: the starting guard position. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of opinions on this one way or another. I really don't think we can discern one way or another right now. I, I legitimately think that will be something they figure out in camp. Too many new bodies, too many new coaches, Two, the, the offense is going to be vastly different. I don't know what the the, the guardrails are on this. That isn't to say Dotson can't win the job, shouldn't win the job, or the new guy – I'm scanning quick. I forgot his name. Somebody help me out. The the, the kid from Minnesota, the Vikings player. Morris? Uh, I forget. You also have to look at how much um, – Kendrick Green plays into this as well. I legitimately don't think he is an NFL center. I think if you want to give him a shot at guard, I could see, you know, sure, that makes sense. He could not get the snap off and engage into a block quickly at any sense of consistency. And that's why he got rocked back all the time. They rushed right at him because he couldn't get ready. That is a very specific skill that shouldn't have to be explained. An NFL center needs to have. They tried. It didn't work. Okay, we got to move on. I don't think he's a bum. I think it's just we need to look at him somewhere else. Could he be better than Kevin Dotson? Maybe. I think it's worth a look. I think you brought in a veteran guard slash center for that reason, along with a starting anchor right guard. James Daniels is is a good NFL offensive lineman. I don't necessarily think the other ones are, but as far as two spots between Dotson, Green, and the new guy, I don't necessarily think any of them has the job locked in right away because I don't know we know enough about what they're doing, how they're doing, it. we're going to need to see that. So for me, where I sit right now, I would say false because as of July 23rd, I don't think that we know that. I don't think we know enough about it. And I think it's wide open. I think we're going to see Green at guard. I think we'll see them try Green again at center. Long term, I think that's kind of his same position as the guy that they signed. Um, Nobody's helping me out with this. I'm looking it up. But i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna agree with Mason coal
1: that's it sorry I, I'm, Mason I'm Cole. coal
0: yes yes i'm looking at it now yeah he's out of michigan six foot five kid 26
1: years old uh i'm gonna agree could, with you I'm he going could to, be I'm, the center he could be the guard i don't it, i don't think any of them have earned the starting spot where we sit right now it's not it's not decided yet
0: i'm going to say i agree with everything you said i'm just going to go out on a limb and say true that that he wins the position, um, not having seen him play in this new system or whatever, um, I, just just in terms of physicality, um, I, I thought that they liked his physicality overall when he did play. That and I think they're going to be running the football a lot more this year. Um, so I'm just going to lean on that <laughs> run. It <laughs> uh, um, you, you know what Tomlin's going to do. They're going to um, try to play conservative, run the football score about 21 points a game. Lean I love on Mike Tomlin. I can't get, stand
1: it, that approach and,
0: and, get, and get beat a lot. Um, but so I'm going to say true. I, I, I say he wins the position, but I do agree that I think it's going to be revolving. I, I think they don't have a guy. They have guys. So, There will be a time when Dotson plays. There'll be a time when Green plays. There'll be a time when the other kid that you mentioned plays. They don't have that position tied down um, like the other positions on the line. And and that's largely why, you know, on the offensive side of football, this team is is treading. They're trying to figure all of this out, and that's why they're a treading team. I think there's going to be times when – This offensive line plays well. There's going to be times when this offensive line struggles. It's a new group, new coach, new players, so on and so forth. And so uh, there's going to be some issues there. Let's jump to the defensive side of football. And I really want to ask you this because it's Bison football. True or false? Derek Tuska becomes outside linebacker number three.
1: I don't. I, I would probably say false to that. I think Tuska is a, a deep reserve special teams guy if they keep him. He's he's going to be almost kind of decided week to week in a way. Um, it, it, Tuska is in in all objectivity. Um, he's a limited player. I think we all know that. I, they had to really like what they saw from him last year, but it's not like he's um, a, a, a great reserve option he's a special teams guy um more than anything um keep in mind too the Steelers brought in Tuzar Skipper you remember him um yes utterly utterly classic Steelers legendary preseason player um I'm digging for this as well because I know they signed an outside linebacker and I forgot his name as well he's probably going to be their guy Somebody want to help me out with that I am just not on my game today. So, Gennard I, I Avery. Gennard Avery is an outside linebacker. I would think they signed him to be the the, the spot replacement snap eater uh, while Watt and Highsmith get a rest here and there. Tuska, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tuska makes the team, and I think he's a special teams guy. I think they brought in Cesar Skipper to compete against Tuska as far as being that deep reserve special teams guy, and I think that makes sense. That's a good spot for him um he, he's he's a reasonable special teams guy and now he has experience i thought he did pretty well i thought he, he played better than taco did and really he's the guy that that you point to when you want to shove it down melvin ingram's throat about how he wasn't going to play because both guys got hurt by the next week and we, we had taco and, and tusca out in key series as the game went on Wait a minute, that, that you, season did, he would have played a ton did tusca stepped up and did what he needed to do did you say taco and tusca Taco and Tusca. Those were our outside linebackers for a couple plays that happened. I believe uh, one of them that, was the, the key play against Cleveland when when uh Landry fumbled at the end on Halloween. That's it was Taco like a, who caused that fumble. That sounds like a food order. Taco
0: and yeah. Tusca. Yes. It's,
1: can it's, I get two 2021 tacos? season was a food order. That's really can I get two tacos and a Tusca?
0: That that has to be an order in North Dakota State. Can I get two tacos and it a Tusca?
1: Be, it better be. If it's not, I'm starting that tomorrow. It's gonna be yeah. like a, a double meat double shell taco. <laughs> tacos,
0: <laughs> tacos and I don't know tusca. What that means. Yeah, that, Tacos that, and Tusca. Well, you know, you know, I mean, just at, since we've had some tangents today, you know Taco Bell did have a two
1: shell. They had like a the shell taco. I well, anyway. don't, don't bring this up. I'm still <laughs> bitter about that. The fact they got rid of the double decker taco, I'm so pissed. I'm yes, still pissed. Yes, the double make those at home and they're not the same yeah those oh god dude i wait i I, let's just say this in college i weighed a certain amount because there was a taco bell in our union and you got like a thousand dollars a semester in free union cash i spent all of it at taco bell after college i moved to a town where there wasn't a taco bell within 40 miles i lost 30 pounds in like two months (laughs) I'm not body shaming so you weren't a taco, you were a burrito. Yeah, I, I was I was a lot of a lot of bad things, but <laughs> oh damn dude. Double decker tacos, two packs of mild sauce, a Pepsi. All right, I know where I'm going for lunch. Get the no, cheesy- the cheesy gordita crunch is not the same thing. I'm so tired of this argument with people. Absolutely <laughs> not the same at all. I know Taco Bell thinks that. I'm pissed at Taco Bell for thinking that. I am still bitter about this. It's been years. I'm still mad. I want my double-decker Taco back. The one now that was introduced when Shaq, it, 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 Shaq and the Magic faced the, the Rockets in the final. And what was that, 93, 94? The 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 post Jordan pre Jordan years when he was playing yes. baseball, the finals between the the Magic and the Rockets started the double decker taco, and it was Akeem versus Shaq. As far as crunchy and soft, which one you want? Put them both together. One of the greatest inventions. Pause. Ever. I missed the double decker taco.
0: Cr- yeah, that that's a possible moment as as my boy Kwame Law is listening to the show. Soft? Would you say like soft and crunchy? That, crunchy versus
1: soft. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Shaq was I, crunchy. Akeem was soft. This is. I'll pause, find this somewhere. Pause. <laughs> that sounds like a pause. You're going to kill me <laughs> for this,
0: true or false? Because it doesn't really matter in today's NFL defense. But will? We'll, 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 I'll ask it this way: True or false? Larry Joby has seven sacks
1: this season. Um. Seven is the right number for this, for sure, because I I absolutely can see how he might get that. I think he has the ability for that. It's going to be a question of how they use him, uh, how often they use him. Do they want to use him that much? How does Marvin Leal fit into it? I would say no. I'm going to say no. I don't think he's going to be on the field that much. I think that's by design. They wanted to add depth. They wanted to be able to rotate guys a bit more, uh, guys who aren't Cam Hayward. So I, I don't think he's going to be on the field enough to get seven. I think he's going to have a very positive season. I think we're going to love watching him play. Um, 17 games, too. That's right on the edge. I'm going to say no, but it, it would not surprise me if he got exactly seven. You like that
0: seven number. I'm going to say yes. Seven works. I, I think he's going to – because what did Stefan Tewitt get the last season he played? Ten? Shit, I don't remember. Well, ten, <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there, it's it's somewhere around mm-hmm. there. I think, I think he's going to pick up seven, and I think some of it will be half sacks here, full sack here. He had 11. Just wow, just on some of those games where the Steelers get like seven, he'll get like one or he'll get a half. Yeah, and when you add it up over the course of seventeen games, if he plays let's say, 500-plus snaps, which I think he will, uh, if he plays around 650, somewhere around there. I could see him. So I'm going to say true. I'm going to say he has seven. I think seven is the high watermark in terms of uh, his sacks. Let me ask a couple more questions, then we're going to get out of here. True or false? Devin Bush physically looks like the Devin Bush of old
1: by the end of training camp. The Devin Bush of old. Um,
0: prior to the, prior that's, to the that's injury. That's not good.
1: <laughs> Devin prior Bush to the of, injury. I, I think he will be closer to that than, than the dumpster fire that he was last year, simply because it'd be amazing. Uh, he won't get the reps to be that bad again. They will cut him off uh, sooner rather than later. I would say no. I think he has talent. Um, it's a contract year for him. There's a new coach that needs to make his mark. And if the coach is thinking overall about his future beyond all the other bullshit that, that's going on surrounding him and his name, if he comes in and Devin Bush is a pro bowl level player, it's going to look pretty good for him. I think both sides are very motivated to make Bush work. Bush is now in a contract year. Keep that in mind. He's a free agent next year. The Steelers don't have the option on him anymore. They are going to certainly give him the opportunity to be better than he was. And I think he absolutely is going to take advantage of that. But the question is how close to who he was previously versus his potential. That, to me, is really more the thing with Bush. I think he's going to be better than he was last year because I don't think I don't think he could miss. Um, he really doesn't give a fuck if if he plays at the level that he played last year and he'll be done. Um, I think he'll be better. I think we will see a player who looked a, a bit more like what we saw pre last season, maybe pre injury, a mix between those two things, along with some natural growth and development. So for me, gonna, I, I say, yes, he'll be better.
0: I'm I'm going to say false. I'm going to say physically he'll be back. But because he missed a ton of time and had such a bad season, I think it's a physical reboot. But in terms of him as a player, I think he'll still very much be the player that he was when he was a rookie. So unfortunately, at the timing of the injury, I think it put a pause button on his development as a football player. I think the next team that gets Devin Bush will get the best Devin Bush. I think the Steelers aren't going to get the best Devin Bush because of when the injury happened. Last true or false here, James Pierre. Real quick, I'm gonna give you two more, real quick ones. James Pierre wins the quarterback four job.
1: Uh, I would I'll say false. I, I don't think he's in a very good position to to do that with the amount of guys that they've signed, but I, I will add a caveat to that. Uh, I don't think he's going to never see the field either. I think he's going to play a role. He's going to be mostly a special teams guy. They're not closing the door on him. Uh, we'll we'll see how the rotation works with this group, though.
0: I agree. I'm going to say false. I think it's going to be at, at, at CB4. I think it's going to be more rotational. I think it's going to be a jersey number, per se, as the CB4. So I'm going to say false. True or false, last one here before we get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for chiming into the show. Please like and subscribe. Great chatter in the chat today. Um, and, and, and and I should go get some Taco Bell, too. Um, the, yeah, I should go get some Taco Bell. I'm literally um, one foot
1: in the car right now. But no, I'm going to uh, get there. I'm going to be pissed in on my double-decker tacos. I'm going to have to continue <laughs> to try to buy a soft-shell taco and a, and a hard-shell taco and put them together. That doesn't work, by the way. You think it would. It doesn't. Soft and hard pause.
0: Anyway, uh, uh, running back two, true or false, running back two is
1: not on the roster. Um, Let's define running back two as who gets the second most carries. Correct. No. <clears throat> false. I'm mean, Benny Snell is going to be on the team. I think Benny Snell is more of a special teams guy. This is something we need to dive into, too. The Steelers are building like the greatest special teams unit as far as, outside of the returners <laughs> in the history of mankind. Because really, if you're gonna keep Hayward and Watt, those are two special teams guys. They have to play teams if they're gonna both be on the team. Miles Boykins a really good special teams player, as is Watt. Uh Benny Snell is a good special teams guy. All these guys are gonna make the team, so they're they're building up like a, a monster special teams group. <laughs> I don't know why, but Okay. Um, Benny is not going to get the ball anymore this year than he did last year. Uh, but he's going to be on the team. He's going to play special teams. He'll do okay with that. I think they'll find somebody else that's, that's going to have a couple games um, to, to carry it. I don't know if that's McFarland, And I've, I've kind of given up thinking that he's legitimately an option. We just don't know. I think running back two is not on the roster because Mike Tomlin does not
0: believe in running back <laughs> <number> two. <laughs> he does not he does not figure that out in in
1: september maybe october he he,
0: he does not believe in running back twos and so the amount of carries that any running back two would get does not amount to being a running back two that's just a whatever and you have Najee harris on um a radio spot saying hey if they want to give me 500 carries i'll take 500 carries as long as it it means we're winning. No, you won't, son. If you get 500 carries, your career will be over <laughs> in the next year. Your agent will tell you stop. Stop. We're gonna no, go back.
1: We're gonna go back and say that about carry 390, your career ended, and then get yes, 110 exactly. more after that for the exactly. sake of
0: embarrassment. And so no. So yes, as Corey would say, Harris is RB one and RB two. That that's pretty much the answer. Probably, yeah. The, there there is no RB two on the roster, so it 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 is uh yes, Mike Tomlin does not believe in running back twos. But with that, we are going to conclude the show. Um, I, Neil is salivating; he's about to want go to Taco Bell, Bell and, and get on that mild sauce.
1: Burned and a uh, thousand j- calories and workouts this morning. I want to add it with. It- like three yeah, double yeah. tacos yeah,
0: with three with three bites, and he's going to get that mild sauce. What? And you know, maybe maybe if I told you that Taco Bell had grade F meat, that oh, yeah. maybe you would not go to <laughs> the Tesca sauce.
1: F stands for fantastic.
0: <laughs> yes, grade F meat. I used to have a Taco Bell down the street from me and now oh. It's a Starbucks, so you, know, <laughs> Boo. you Boo. don't know. You know, so but with that. We're going to conclude the program and we're going to go to Taco Bell. And as always, (laughs) tune in, tell a friend, and hopefully we can get Taco Bell as a sponsor next week. See you guys later. See you next Saturday. Go Steelers.